Thanks to Grammarly for supporting the Productivity Show. Grammarly is a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, clear, and effective. Start writing confidently by going to grammarly.com forward slash TPS to get 20% off a Grammarly premium account today. Welcome to the Productivity Show, a podcast by Asian Efficiency to help you maximize your productivity so you can get everything done without having to sacrifice your health, family, and things that matter to you. We've helped tens of thousands of people save time, be happier, and become more productive. The day this podcast is released is the day before New Year's Eve. By the time you're listening to this, it'll be either right at the end of the year or your new year has already begun. Either way, it's never too late to set yourself up for success for the rest of the year. And today is a perfect time to do that. Let's make 2020 your best year ever. We will share five ways to make sure that this will be the best you've ever had. You can find links to everything that we share in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com slash 280. And now, on with the show. And welcome back to The Productivity Show. My name is Tan. I'm the founder and CEO of Asian Efficiency, where we help people become more productive at work and in life. And I'm Brooks, the operations director, wearer of many hats. And welcome to The Productivity Show. So we are co-hosts of the show, and we're excited to talk about 2020 today, because depending where you are listening to this episode, it's still technically 2019, but most of you are probably listening while it is 2020. And we're going to be talking about some of the things that you can do to set yourself up for a successful year. But before we like to do that, we want to make sure we go over some of our favorite resources as of lately. So Brooks, I see you have a couple resources that you want to share with everybody that's listening. Right. So these are three resources that are making us more productive or people in the community are loving or we're loving. So the three resources I'm going to share this time is Hyperfocus. So that is a Mac distraction blocker. So it'll block apps and websites. So if you want to get focused, you can use Hyperfocus. If you're a Dojo member, which is our online community, we actually have a 20% discount for Hyperfocus. Uh, So that's the number one. Number two is Noisly. So it's a noise generator for working and relaxing. So I know some people like working in silence, some people like working with music, and some people like working with noise. So you put your headphones on, you start up noisily, you select the sounds you want, and it'll just drown out all the background noises and help you focus. And then the third one is one we love here at the Productivity Show, and that is 1Password. And we've just been talking about this with Dojo members because we all use it for a few different things. But if you're not familiar with 1Password, it's we think it's the best password manager. So you just put all your passwords, all your secure notes in 1Password, you have a super secure password to access them, and then you can get at your password securely from whatever device you happen to have. Awesome. We'll have links to all of that in the show notes. So if you miss something, just go to the show notes of this episode, which is 280. You can also go to theproductivityshow.com slash 280 and find everything there. So let's talk about 2020 and setting yourself up for a successful year. Some of you that are listening are really good at goal setting and goal getting, but a lot of you might also be struggling where you set New Year's resolutions every year and then a few weeks in you go, oh man, I totally didn't follow through on my goals. I didn't follow through on what I intended to do. And maybe you start struggling with this or some of you might have 
perfectionist tendencies where you go, man, I really want everything to be perfect before I get started. And then you never get started or you don't even know where you should get started. And I know some of you are also really good at planning, but maybe not at executing. And so we're going to address some of these things here today. So depending where you are in terms of like, hey, it's January 1st to December 31st, I achieved all my goals. We're going to be talking about a wide range of uh, tactics and strategies that you can implement today to make sure that 2020 is going to be an amazing year for you. Yeah, that's, I'm glad you mentioned the perfectionist thing because that's something actually one of our dojo members, Toby, has mentioned when he struggled with, with goal setting, which was the perfectionist thing. He He always felt like, he knows he should set up his goals for the year, but he was just waiting till that right time, waiting till he had some time, waiting till everything was just right to be able to sit down and focus on the goals. A lot of times there isn't ever a ideal time to do this. So if you're struggling with that, just go in, do what you can with the tips we're going to be talking about today. That's way better than waiting months and months until the right opportunity comes to you. And one thing I want to mention, so we're talking about setting yourself up for success for 2020. A lot of times people listened. I've done this with podcasts as well. Binge, binge, listen, old episodes. So even if you're listening, hello from the past, even if you're listening to this in the future, whatever year it happens to be, you can still go in and implement this stuff whenever you're listening to this, even if it's partway through the year. Yeah. And if you're brand new to the productivity show, please go back to older episodes that we have uh, because there's so much gold in there and a lot of it is timeless as well. So if you just go back and scroll back, uh, feel free to do so, So especially if you want to jumpstart this year, because there's so much free information that you can use. And this is what we're known for to be simple and actionable so that you can implement stuff. And the reason we wanted to do this episode today is because we've just seen so many people struggle every single year when it comes to setting themselves up for success this upcoming year. And we all started on the high note. You know, we have a great New Year celebration. We're motivated, right? We were like putting stuff on the calendar. We're like intrinsically motivated to do the things that we need to do. And then maybe two, three weeks in, we go, oh, man, I totally forgot what I was supposed to do. Right. And we don't want you to be that person. You're going to be Asian efficient. You're going to go all the way through the rest of the year knowing exactly what you need to do, how to do it, and then actually do it. Right. So we don't want you to be that person who says, you know, uh, I'm going to lose weight this year or I'm going to get a promotion without actually having a plan or some sort of execution behind that. Right. And last week in episode 279, we talked about how you can review your year, which is all about conducting your own annual review. And that's a really important piece of this whole formula that we have here today. But if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I highly recommend you check out that episode as well. Before you listen to this episode or uh, do it right after this episode, you kind of have a framework to to set yourself up for this upcoming year. Because the big idea here is that you can't really make this upcoming year a success if you didn't look what went well and what didn't go so well this past year. Otherwise, you end up making the same mistakes. You tend to run into the same roadblocks and then you repeat this formula over and over and over again. And then you end up being really frustrated, right? And we don't want you to be that. Yeah. And this can be really making the difference. You know, you can have an okay year just going through and just focusing on, you know, just thinking up some some goals and going through them. You know, you can definitely have an old, old okay year. We're not saying your year is going to be a disaster if you don't follow these tips we're going to be going through. But really looking back 
And then using that to look forward can make the difference between having that okay year to having a good year or even an awesome year. This sort of intentionality is really what can make the difference. So we have five ways that that we think you should use to make 2020 your best year ever. And we might as well start, just go in and start with number one, which is what we've already been talking about, which is number one, which is review last year. And we're not going to talk too much about it because like you said, Tan, we just did a whole podcast episode about that last week in TPS 279. But really the idea is to just look at this last year, say goodbye to it. What happened last year happened last year. So we're going to be educated from last year, but we're not going to let it define this year coming up. And we just want to learn from those mistakes that we made and make a commitment and a plan not to repeat them. So it's not dwelling on anything that didn't go super well, or it's not feeling overconfident because we crushed it last year so we can just coast this year. It's just looking at the things we did well, looking at the things we could learn from, and just making sure to roll those into what we're doing in 2020. When it comes to reviewing your past year, the big takeaway I think everybody should really get from this is that you don't want to repeat the failures that you had. And if you just make tiny, small improvements compared to last year, then your upcoming year is going to be better than last year, right? And it's really that simple. So don't think of it as like this huge transformation that you have to make. If you just go back and maybe if you have a journal, go through your old journal and reread that. And it can be a little bit scary or even feel a little bit painful to get started, but you'll be glad that you did it. And for those of you who didn't have a journal or you don't have some sort of documentation of how your year went, last week's episode has a great list of questions to ask yourself so you know exactly how to conduct your own annual review without having a journal. So those are some things I definitely want you to consider. Again, last week's episode was 279. You can go to theproductivityshow.com slash 279 to be sure to check out that episode as well. Yeah, and we actually have in the dojo, which you can try out for $1 at theproductivityshow.com forward slash dojo. So if you want to check this out, that's a great way to do it. We actually did a whole live coaching with our dojo members going through exactly how Tan and I do our annual review and step-by-step. So you can access those just at theproductivityshow.com forward slash dojo and check out that, that deep dive we did into the annual review. One thing that really I had been thinking about and, and last year last week's podcast uh, really made me realize is one of the things that highlighted in kind of going through my annual review is I mentioned that I had actually stopped journaling partway through the year. And so that is something that really I uncovered, not that I uncovered, but really bubbled up to my attention when I was doing my annual review. So that having that knowledge is something that made me realize what I need to focus on for next year. And I might not have even thought about it if I didn't go through that annual review piece. So you did the productivity walk of shame admittedly on exactly. the podcast. <laughs> that, that's the great thing about recording a podcast about productivity. You all get to learn from my mistakes. So that's that's great. That's my, that's my role on the productivity show. <laughs> we should give you a new nickname then. Uh, exactly. <laughs> but we'll leave that for our, our quarterly and annual planning. So right. one thing I've noticed from conducting my annual review is that it really helps me shape what I'm doing this upcoming year. So as an example, in 2018, this is now almost two years ago, I had shoulder surgery. 
I dislocated my right shoulder and I had to go to the ER to put it back in. It was really painful after going through this process. And it happened because I was taking a hip hop class and I was dancing to Rihanna and then all of a sudden my shoulder just popped out. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to put this back in. And I couldn't do it myself because normally it dislocated a few times before, but it would always pop back in. And this time it didn't. And now I had to go to the ER and put it back in. And so this was the second time it happened in a span of one year. And so uh, in 2018, I had to get surgery. And when I was looking back at that particular year, I was spending most of my time researching health, how to recover faster, how do I get back into exercising, all these things I couldn't do and things I wanted to prove upon based on my major injury, right? And so that really shaped how I was entering 2019 because then I really started to focus on my health. I started to really focus on my fitness. I was committed to being in the best shape possible. I was committed to my health. And I also discovered that I really love that process as well, right? And so if I look back at 2019, which I haven't done yet as of this recording, there's a major theme there. And if you've been listening to the Productivity Show for a while, you know there's a lot of health advice and tips and, and health apps that I've recommended throughout the year. And it's because I've been so focused on that this particular year. And looking back also, I also discovered that I loved hosting, right? So when I was looking uh, briefly back for 2019 in general, I discovered that I love hosting and I decided to throw more parties. And so that's how I entered 2019 as well. So I should correct that. I discovered that from looking back at 2018 and then going into 2019, I just discovered that I wanted to host more, throw more social events, get my friends together. And these are all insights that came from conducting kind of like an annual review. And if if I look back now at 2019, I've thrown probably like, you know, 20 dinner parties, maybe like four or five happy hours, and then like a bunch of other like smaller events with people. And that decision came from me conducting an annual review. And when you think about the impact that has made on me for my own happiness and my health, it's tremendous. But not only that, but also for all the people around me. Like there's so many friends who don't like to go out and then they now have new friends. Right. And now they spend time with other people and they're not lonely anymore. They actually have fun things to do now with other people and stuff. So it's not just the impact it has made on my own health and, and well-being, but also the impact on the community around me, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. And it all came from just looking back at my year and conducting my annual review. So think about the impact that you can make from the decisions you get from your annual review. Yeah, that's really interesting because... If you were just in any given month and and thinking, oh, I don't have anything going on this this next weekend. Oh well, I'll just chill. You you, I think many of us would have just gone with that and figured out something to do. Whereas you, because you had that intentionality and you you had that annual review learnings, then you you realize if I do organize something, then it's going to bring me so much happiness. It's going to make me feel better for the next week of work going ahead, and I'm going to you know, create all these connections with, with friends and new friends, that kind of gives us the motivation to, to get past the inertia. Cause a lot of times it's getting started to do things. That's the hard part. Once you actually start doing it, it's no problem. So, so having that, that annual review arsenal can really help get that momentum to actually get started, which is always the hardest part. Yeah. So that is number one, that is conducting and reviewing your last or conducting your annual review and reviewing your past year. So let's move on to tip number two, and that is the T framework. 
So the T framework stands for time, energy, and attention. It's kind of our framework that we're known for, for diagnosing where you run into challenges when it comes to your productivity, and then figuring out right away what you need to do next to make a huge increase in productivity. So we came up with this framework because we started to see that when we were helping people, every single challenge that they have usually fell into one of those buckets. They either lacked time, and so if you had that, then you oftentimes feel overwhelmed. They were either exhausted, meaning they just didn't have a lot of energy to do stuff, right? or they felt really distracted. Right? So even though they might have all the time and energy to do something, if you end up working on the wrong things, you're still wasting your life away. right? And so we start to create this framework to diagnose where people needed help. And my challenge to you is to say, okay, what can you do to make 2020 a better and more productive year? And I would say use the T framework to kind of diagnose where you need help or where you have the biggest opportunity for growth, right? So is it time? Is it energy? Is it attention? And we've talked about this extensively in episode 275, which is just about four weeks ago. So if you go back and just scroll down your podcast app for a little bit, Go back to the episode 275 and we'll talk about the T framework in more detail, but just use this framework as a way to diagnose where you have opportunity for growth for 2020. Yeah. And again, this is not about dwelling on last year or what your current situation is. It's using the T framework, which is a really helpful lens to focus your improvements. Because a lot of times we we kind of sort of know what what we need to improve on. And especially if you just done your annual review, you may know some opportunities, but the T framework is this really useful lens where you can either, there's two ways you could go about it. You could figure out which of the, like you said, we could figure out which of the three is your biggest challenge and focus solely on that. Or you can do it in a way where you think, okay, well, if I wanted to improve throughout the year, not all at once, but throughout the year, if I knew I wanted to level up my time, my energy and attention, what are some things that I might want to do that would kind of level up all three? So you could kind of do it either way or or both, but you want to start with the one which your hopefully your review has, has surfaced as your biggest challenge. So for me, I, I kind of went through this exercise and I thought to myself, okay, if I was going to level up all three in 2020, what would I do? So for me, uh, for time, it's to how would I free up more time? How would I create more time in my day? So one thing that I, I can do in 2020 is use more friends and families to help with kids activities when I really need to get things done. So if I have crunch time, uh, a lot of time, what I might do is, you know, take my kids to soccer practice, which is on the other side of the city. And then I might go over to Starbucks and, you know, do the things that I need to do. Well, if it's crunch time, if it's something I really need to do, there's no reason why some of my son's teammates couldn't take him just that once as well. They wouldn't mind. And it would be, I mean, my kids won't care because they get to ride with their friends. So that is a way that would create a lot more time for me. So for me, that's time. Energy, I talked in last week's episode, TPS 279, that one thing that I've also realized is that for this year, I've been having issues with my sleep. So for one thing I'm going to do in 
energy-wise in 2020 is to go back to basics, go back to those sleep podcast episodes we do. We have a course in the dojo all about improving your sleep and really taking those steps that, I've, as I mentioned last week, I've never needed to do in my life. I've always been an incredible sleeper, but to implement those sleep tips to improve it. So that's for energy. And then for attention, as I already mentioned, one thing that I've already started implementing, which is already paying off, is uh, getting back to journaling. So those, those are my time, energy, and attention level ups for 2020. Thanks to Grammarly for supporting the Productivity Show. Grammarly is a communication tool that helps people improve their writing to be mistake-free, clear, and effective. They encourage everyone, even the best students and top professionals, to use Grammarly to do their best work and accomplish even more of their goals. And that's what makes Grammarly a perfect complement to this episode. We're talking about setting your goals and setting yourself up for success in 2020, and Grammarly can be a tool that is right there with you. So what's Grammarly? Grammarly is a writing assistant and it will help make you more productive by avoiding mistakes and rework, but it will also make you look and sound smarter. Not too many apps can say that. You can easily show your best self and improve yourself and your communication at school, work, and almost anywhere with Grammarly. On the computer, there's browser extensions for Chrome, Firefox, Safari, or even Edge. There's a Mac and Windows desktop editor too, and on mobile, Grammarly is available on iOS and Android. The free version of Grammarly reviews critical spelling and grammar, but Grammarly Premium will do that plus also check advanced punctuation, structure, style within context, conciseness, vocabulary suggestions, and it will look out for readability in all sorts of different situations like business writing, academic essays, and casual blog posts. You can be more productive and accomplish your goals with help from Grammarly, so stop making email typos on your phone. Close more deals at work this year with your emails and polish your resume to get that new job. This weekend, we had a year-end party for my son's soccer team and the parents were all sitting around and we somehow, don't ask me how, but we somehow got on the subject of writing. Two of the parents brought up, it wasn't me, but two of the parents brought up how they were saying their kids told them that they should start using Grammarly so that they'd write better. You know a tool's getting mass appeal when it starts showing up at dinner parties. So give it a try and I know you'll love it too. I personally started with the free plan, but quickly upgraded to premium for the enhanced readability and conciseness suggestions. So go to Grammarly.com forward slash TPS to get 20% off your Grammarly premium account today. That's Grammarly.com forward slash TPS for 20% off your Grammarly premium account. And if you're a newbie, if you're brand new to the productivity show, you're just starting out with becoming more productive and you haven't really experimented a lot. What I would recommend is to pick either time, energy, or attention, one of those, and just focus on that for the first few months before you try to implement all three. Now, Brooks is a ninja, right? So he can do all three in one year. But if you're brand new, I would just recommend just doing one thing at a time because that's what will get you the most results, right? So I'm about to share my three, and I did all three for 2019 as well. But again, I, I highly recommend if you're brand new to productivity that you only focus on one thing at a time. And if you find yourself struggling or your success rate of achieving goals is relatively low, even if you've been studying productivity for a while, I would still recommend you just pick one area first before you move on to the next thing or try to do all three at once, right? So I want to eat my own dog food, and, and I usually try to do one thing at a time. But when it comes to you know doing multiple things, I just want to put that caveat in there for everybody that's listening. So for me personally, when I looked at 2018, then going into 2019, I said, okay, for 2019, one of my biggest time 
activities would be traveling, right? So traveling meaning if I go somewhere outside of my city, that's something I would consider travel. And so I noticed that I was kind of at a crossroads because I love travel, but this year I also committed to being healthy and to my fitness. And oftentimes those two conflict with each other. And based on past experience, anytime I traveled and I would come back, I would always gain like two or three pounds and I would like erase any sort of progress I've made in the gym. And so I've made a very conscious decision this year to travel less and to keep it at a minimum as much as possible, right? So if I did travel, it would be for family or something. And then even if I did go for family, it would be as short as possible. So I could come back, stick to my routine, focus on my workouts, eat the foods that I want to eat and so on, right? So I spent less time traveling this year so I could really redirect that time towards my fitness and health. And that has been a huge boost in my life. And uh, probably going into 2020, I'm going to slowly reverse that where I'm going to go back into traveling a little bit more. But I really used that time for 2019 to really just focus on my health and fitness. And when it comes to my energy, I kind of related to that, started to double down on that. So I started to focus on more sleep, kind of what you said earlier, Brooks. I slept always okay. And I didn't realize how poor my sleep sometimes would be on still until I really start tracking it every single day. And that's when I purchased the aura ring at the beginning of the year. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know, I rave about this ring, which is kind of like a fitness tracker. It's kind of like an Apple watch without the digital screen. And it's a form of a ring that you wear. And it's really doesn't disrupt you at all. And nobody knows that you're wearing this high tech gadget tool. So that's really cool. Uh, the other thing I've been really focused on this year is like recovery. So it's one thing to work out a lot and like go and, and do things. But I've also discovered personally that recovery is such an important part of energy as well. Right. So an extreme example is if you work out really hard, but you don't sleep. Well, guess what? You're not going to be that productive the next day. Right. And your health gains aren't that great either if you don't focus on recovery. Right. Whereas if you work out a lot and then also sleep well, you take care of your body, you get a massage every now and then, you do some body work and so on, you're going to see a lot more gains. You're going to feel your energy is going up, your quality of sleep is going up, and you did all these different things, then you'd be in amazing health, right? Even if you don't have like a six pack or whatever. Another thing is I did a hair test this year, and this has been tremendously beneficial. So if you go to episode 267, which was with Barton Scott, uh, we talked about how I did a hair test and this is some really early results. I don't want to make it too conclusive, but I've basically been monitoring myself and I've seen that my blood sugar levels are at an extreme low. And even though I've been eating more carbs, my blood sugar levels are extremely low. And I was always somebody who would, if I had a few carbs, my weight would like go up like crazy. And I didn't know why. And it wasn't until that episode when I discovered that I was basically missing a bunch of minerals that slowed down my metabolism. And now I feel like my metabolism is like crazy fast. And I thought, man, I'm just getting old. I, I, I can't reverse this stuff anymore. Like I used to be when I was 21. And I'm so jealous when I see my younger brothers and they can eat whatever they want and they're you know, not gaining any weight. I'm like, damn, I wish I, 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 wish <laughs> I had that. you know. But I discovered that if you miss a bunch of minerals, that your metabolism slows down a lot. And now that I've kind of addressed it, I see... One, my weight is dropping really fast at a healthy rate. But also, too, if I eat a bunch of bad foods, I'm not gaining that much weight, which I thought was never possible. So, again, these are all things I discovered, you know, from just focusing on my health. 
And so that's really, I've probably felt the best this year, honestly, most energy, best sleep, recovery, right? So energy has been amazing this year. And when it comes to attention, this is really more of a reminder for me. And this is kind of what I said earlier is I need to remind myself, if not every day, every week to only do one thing at a time, right? So we have had quarters at Asian Efficiency where we try to do three things at once. And then every time we do that, it just never works, right? No matter how optimistic we are and no matter how well we plan stuff, there's too much unpredictability variables in play when we try to do three things at once. One or two things we can still do, but if we do one thing at a time and focus on one thing, we always succeed. And the things that we deliver and ship are just amazing. And so I just need to remind myself to apply this on the business level, but also on the personal level to focus on one thing at a time to never multitask so that I can stay focused, right? So it's a constant reminder for myself. And I've been trying to remind myself by writing on the whiteboard when I journal about stuff. And I still follow the rule of three, which is different because the rule of three simply means that you're trying to accomplish three things in a day, right? So you can't literally do, I mean, you could literally, but if you want to get the most output and value creation in a day, the rule of three is really useful, which basically forces you to say, hey, I can only focus on three things to accomplish this day. Now I have to prioritize, right? And I have to do A, B, and C. And I have to start with A before I move on to B. And I cannot start with B until A is done, right? And this is done on a quarterly kind of basis for, on the business level, but also on a personal level as well from just my daily to-do list. I just try to focus on three things, accomplish those, and then move on if I have to, or just take the day off and be like, okay, this was a really productive day. Let's focus on recovery and then show up again tomorrow to make sure we get some stuff done. Well, a few weeks ago, I was speaking on a panel for the Association of Women in Finance here in Vancouver. And I met a podcast listener, a productivity show listener, who was very surprised that I was there. But then uh, the first thing she said to me was, are you the guy who had the hair test? So uh, no, it was not me. It was Tan. But your hair test is famous in Vancouver anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea. And I remember you saying this on our daily huddle too. You had some interesting discoveries from going to that talk, whether it's listeners from the podcast or uh, other things that you've seen. So uh, maybe we can digest that and break that down on a future podcast episode too. So that was number two when it comes to the T framework. Right, So use that framework to kind of diagnose where you have the biggest room for growth this upcoming year, time, energy, or attention. So let's move on to number three here. And Brooks, I'm really curious about your perspective on this. And number three is put your number one goal in writing. So if you know what you want to accomplish, instead of just keeping it in your head, there's been several studies that have shown that people who write down their goals and put it on paper tend to achieve it more than those who don't do that. And I'm curious to hear from your perspective, have you seen that in your personal life? Have you seen that to be effective? Like, how do you do this? Yeah, I have to admit, I never really believed this. Uh, It always seemed a little woo-woo to me. But however, I did start doing it. I did start writing down my goals. And at least one of them came, and I'm not saying that it came because I wrote it down. However, A, writing it down, but to me, the more important part is not as much the writing it down, uh, although I think that is important, but I think the important part is having it visible. 
This is one thing that, for example, as a company, I know we uh, had a lot of success with. And I know I, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but we had, you know, we have certain m- metrics at agent efficiency that we want to hit. And we had one big metric that we really wanted to focus in on. And so what we did is we made it so that it is always surfaced on the sidebar of our screen and also always there in front of us when we're working. And I think it, that was really effective at really focusing everyone's attention on, hey, whatever we're doing right now needs to be focused on that one thing. And in my personal life too, I have certain goals that I, I write down uh, and then I have them visible as well. That's That has been powerful for me. And we actually, if you're not sure, uh, you know, we talk about putting your number one goal in writing. If you're not sure what your number one goal is or what it should be, we have a number of dojo resources about that. And one of them is about we have a dojo course on how to prioritize your goals. So if you have so many goals and you're not really sure what should be the the number one that you focus on, check out that dojo course. Yeah, I really love that particular course. And if you're not a dojo member yet, I highly recommend you check that out, especially as you're entering 2020, because, again, this is a reminder for me, but also for you, is you really can only focus on one thing at a time. Don't try to do two, three things. And this is coming from somebody who's super optimistic, super productive. You know, people consider me like the productivity guru or thought leader, and I'm still struggling with trying to accomplish three things in a year, right? And so I just recommend that you really just focus on one thing here. And once you figure out what your number one thing is, write it down, make it intentional. So for me, I like to write stuff on my whiteboard because if I write it on my whiteboard, then I see it every single day. Even if I'm just walking around and I'm not thinking about stuff, every now and then I'll just have a glance at it. I'm like, oh yeah, this is the thing I'm trying to focus on. Like, okay, let's make sure I'm moving towards that. Right. What action can I take right now to make sure that we're moving towards that goal? Right. So other people do it in very creative ways. So I know a lot of women in Austin who will grab their lipstick, write it on their mirror and do that every single morning. Right. I'm not saying that you have to do that, (laughs) but uh, that's just a really fun and creative way to do that as well. Right. Or you just write it once on your mirror because you're going to see your mirror every single day anyway. So you might as well write a really nice daily reminder on there as well, or just keep it there so that you're reminded of that. And once your brain kind of like starts thinking about the same thing over and over and over again, it's just something where it's technically called reticular activation system. But basically what that means is that once the brain starts thinking about something, it starts to look for things to validate that particular thing, right? So a lot of times, if you're, for example, thinking about buying a particular car model, knowing exactly what kind of car you want, which color it is. And one thing you'll notice is that once you start driving on the road, you'll start to see it everywhere. It's like, oh my gosh, like it's everywhere now. Like that car, everybody's driving that same car, right? And is that true? No, like that car or the number or number of cars or the, the model has always like been roughly the same number. It's just your attention is not more aware of it, right? And so it's the same thing for anything else. Like if you're constantly thinking about a particular thing, you just start to see it everywhere. So let's make sure that we focus on what's important to us, right? And oftentimes if you think about your goals all the time, you'll start to see opportunities that just pop up out of nowhere, right? Some people call it the law of attraction. Some people, you know, like to manifest stuff, right? Especially if you live in Austin, that's a common thing that people will say, you know, like I manifested this parking spot. I'm like, no, you just thought about it and you just saw it, right? But if you didn't think about your parking spot that you wanted, you would have seen it, but it would never register in your head, right? So 
This is why it's so important to write it down because it becomes more important to you and you start to think about it. But again, if you can see it every single day, like you were saying, Brooks, about your metric, if you get that prompt every single day, you'll start to think about it and you look for opportunities and you see them and then you can seize them as well. And so for me, again, that whiteboard is so crucial, which is one of the reasons I wanted to pay everybody at the company to have their own whiteboard and make sure that they write stuff down on there because it's just so important to remind ourselves of that. If you use Google Chrome, I'm not sure if it exists for Safari as well, but for Google Chrome, there's an extension called Momentum and we'll put a link in the show notes. And one cool thing about it is when you open up a browser tab, it shows you this beautiful random picture from somewhere in the world and the, ph- the photography is always awesome. So, so I love that about it. But one nice thing about it that th- everyone talks about the picture, but one thing feature that I, I really think is cool is it's a, it'll say like, hello, Brooks. And then the it has a prompt right under that says, what are you working on? And then you can type in and it's not, it does have a to-do list function if you want, but this particular that I'm talking about is just a one thing, like what is the one thing you're focusing on? And so if you type that in there every day, then every time you open a browser tab, when you could be going to social media, you could be going to Amazon, you could be going to do Black Friday shopping or something like that, you're going to see that screen with the beautiful picture and what you should be doing instead of whatever you're about to do when you <laughs> when you open that new tab. So that can be a powerful thing as well as just having it there in your browser all the time. So we'll we'll drop in a, a link to Momentum. It's funny you say that because I feel like for most people nowadays, if there's one app you use the most, it probably is the browser. And so it'd be it'd be kind of nice to make that a productivity tool in a way too, helping you become more productive. But there that's just go. my productivity geek going off right now. <laughs> so, <Exactly>. uh, <laughs> so that was tip number three. Put your goal in writing and make sure you stick to one goal as much as you can. So let's talk about number four here, and that is to focus on the system. Now, if you've been following us for a while, you know we talk about like, yeah, you can set a goal and you can be all positive about it. You can be motivated, but that doesn't really help you actually accomplish your goal. Oftentimes what you need is a plan of action or some sort of system that will keep you going and make sure that you're onwards towards your goal and that you're actually going to accomplish your goal, right? So having a goal is great, but you also need a plan and also even better yet, a system to make sure that you're following through on that. So as a simple example, instead of saying, I'm going to lose weight, right? That's not a great goal. Better goal would be, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. Even better would be to say, I'm going to lose 20 pounds in 12 months. Right. And then that could be a great goal. And it's very specific, which is something that we like. But the other thing is, and this is where people fail the most, is that they don't create a system for it. And oftentimes the system is actually way more important than the goal itself. The goal is oftentimes just kind of like a inspiration for creating the system that you really want. So as an example related to the weight loss again, if you want to lose 20 pounds in 12 months, that's a great goal. But what's more important is the system behind it. So the system could be something like working out three times a week, right? And if we focus on doing that, the weight loss will eventually happen as a result of that, right? Or another system would be to eat salads six days in a row every single week, right? And making sure that you have some sort of like system for getting the greens in place, making sure you do grocery shopping at a certain day and time, that you have the ingredients that you need, right? And that putting the salad together doesn't take more than 15 minutes or so. Otherwise you lose 
motivation to maybe stick to it and, and so on, right? So once you create that system, then the goal or the outcome of the goal that you really are looking for will be a natural byproduct of just following the system, right? So if you work out three times a week, you're gonna drop weight. If you eat salads six times a week, you're gonna drop weight. If you do both, even better, right? You got the supernova thing right now and then you're definitely gonna be dropping weight, right? But again, we wanna focus on the system more than we do on the goal. Yeah, and this is this is the thing where a lot of people, and we mentioned this at the beginning, this is where a lot of people struggle is even if they've figured out what they want to do, it's that translating it into the how you're going to do it that is the hard part. And I love what you said about how it's not the activity, it's the system around the activity. And there's a great podcast episode we did, TPS 217, so the productivityshow.com forward slash 217 with author James Clear, where we talk about this quite a bit. And he wrote a book called Atomic Habits, where he gets into this very in-depth And we have a course in the dojo also. uh, It's about turning ideas and inspiration into real world results. So it's making that leap from the thing you want to do into how you actually get it done. So for me, like, let's say I want to go to more conferences. Well, the thing to do then is to figure out at the beginning of the year what those flagship events I want to go to at the beginning of the year and map that out ahead of time instead of just kind of reacting and thinking about it throughout the year, because then it probably will never happen. So it's it's figuring out when you're going to do things versus just what you're going to do. Really, really important. So another example that might help people is I know a, a popular goal that people have is to read more books, right? And we have a bunch of podcast episodes on that too, that we'll link to in the show notes. So one of the goals that you might set for yourself to say, I'm going to read a book a month or I'm going to read 10 books a year, right? And that's an admirable goal. And we actually have an episode not too long ago. I forgot the episode number, but we'll put it in the show notes where we talk about how we take book notes and create book summaries. And a big takeaway from that episode is actually not to worry about the number of books that you read, but to actually implement them. (laughs) So it's going to be a little bit counterintuitive, but to illustrate the example, let's say you want to read 10 books a year. What most people would then say, okay, I need to read a book a month. Let me make sure I do that. And then you just magically hope that it happens, right? So that's not a great way to accomplish your goal. Again, we want to start creating a system that allows us to make sure we eventually hit that outcome that we want. So if you want to read 10 books a year, what is a system that you could create that allows you to hit those 10 books, right? And one system, a really easy system that you could do is to say, I'm going to read 30 pages a day. That's it, just 30 pages. That might take, I don't know, 30 minutes, If you are slow, it might take 45 minutes. And if that is the case, then I highly recommend you check out this course that we have inside the dojo where we teach you how to speed read so you can read a lot faster, right? And if that's something that you've always wanted to do, we have a course inside the dojo, which is an introductory course on speed reading that I highly recommend you check out. So you can just go to theproductivityshow.com slash dojo, try it out for just $1 for your first month and instantly see results from just going through that course, right? So another example would be, let's say you want to save $1,000, right? Instead of just focusing on like, oh man, I just saved myself a dollar here, a dollar there, five cents there, three dollars here, right? That is kind of like wishy-washy in terms of hoping that you're eventually gonna get to $1,000, right? And a better approach is to, again, create a system around it. So what if you took, I don't know, 
5% or 10% of any time you got paid and put that into a savings account. And maybe there's a rule in your save or checking account that does that automatically, right? Or if it's not done automatically, if you know you're getting paid every single month on the 25th or every two weeks or something, that you have a rule or a task in OmniFocus that says move, you know, 10% of what I just got paid to the savings account, right? And you just do it manually. Now you have a system for accomplishing the goal that you want. Sometimes it will go faster. Sometimes it won't go as fast as you'd like. But now at least you have a system, a mechanical thing that you can do to eventually get the goal that you're looking to strive for, right? So this is what I mean with creating that system. What is something that you can push or do repeatedly to eventually get the outcome that you're looking for? And sometimes it won't be on the timeline that you would like it to be, right? So for, for example, with weight loss, you can work out three times a week, but that does not necessarily guarantee that you will hit 20 pounds of fat loss in exactly 12 months, right? But one thing you'll discover is that if you do it consistently enough, it will happen, right? And if you see, and if you track, and if this is a little bit more advanced, but if you track stuff and monitor it very closely, then you can say, oh, I need to bump it up to four times a week or bump it up to five times, or this is going a little too fast. I maybe should do three times a week, but I'll change one workout to like a cardio workout or something, right? And so again, we're just tweaking the system right? To get the results that we're looking for. So again, I cannot emphasize enough how important the system is. So really focus on the system. Yeah. The reading thing is exactly what I did. Instead of having a goal of reading X books a day, I just said, I'm going to read, oh, I started with 20 minutes a day and then I've bumped it up since then. But that was the thing that, that I knew would work for me is not trying to cram in a book or where you're just like flipping pages, trying to get through a book. It's, it's just however many books it happens, on short books, it's going to be a lot. On long books, it'll take longer, but minimum 20 minutes a day. And that's what really helped for me. Another thing about the system is when you're thinking of the system, it can you can really help you figure out what's going to be working for you and your situation because you can hear about some awesome system that somebody's doing and you think, oh, I'm going to do that, but it just doesn't work for you. So for example, Dojo member Lisa, she told us that one of her goals was to to be more consistent with journaling. And what a lot of people do is journal at the beginning of the day. And that's so a lot of you might read a lot of stuff about journaling and think that you're supposed to, quote unquote, supposed to journal at the beginning of the day, whereas some people prefer to journal at the end of the day. And so what she found is she tried both. But what she found is for her, it worked to be more effective and she would stick to it more if she actually did it at the beginning of the day. And the re and it's not because of time, the reason a lot of people might think for her, she found she enjoyed doing it at the beginning of the day because then you're always looking forward, which is versus doing it at the end of the day when you're constantly looking backwards. And for her, it just made her feel better and it helped her continue doing it if she had that always forward looking mindset. And I thought that was a cool example of a system where she's figured out the system that'll work for, for her, even though a lot of people might say to do it one way or the other. So that is number four, is to focus on the system. And the final point, number five, is to marry the system with your calendar, okay? So if you have a system, that's great, but if you can add a layer of, quote unquote, your calendar on top of that, now you have this like super productive system in place, right? So going back to the weight loss example of earlier, you could say, okay, I'm going to 
work out three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And that's great. And that's a great system, right? And you can do one hour, you can do like a, you know, particular workout. Maybe you find it on bodybuilding.com or something, or there's a favorite influencer that you follow and they have like a great program. doesn't really matter what that is, but now you have committed to creating the system. And if you can marry the calendar with that and actually put that stuff on your calendar on top of that and commit to doing that and sticking to it, now you have a really good system in place, right? So if you put your workouts in on Monday, Wednesday, Friday at two o'clock for one hour, then that becomes more real rather than just keeping it in your head because then we can create our own excuses. And from working with so many people, oftentimes what we see is that people are their own worst enemy. They know what they need to do and then they run into something and then they're like, oh, I can't do it anymore, blah, 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 blah. And then excuses come up, right? Whereas if they just committed to what's on their calendar and just follow that system, they would get rid of so many roadblocks, barriers and excuses. And I mean, I can't tell you how often I did not want to work out, right? But because it was on my calendar and integrity was important to me that whatever's on my calendar, I'm going to do, even if it didn't feel like it. I'm still going to do it. That over time allowed me to kind of stick to my program and get the results that I'm looking for versus if I just follow my emotions all the time, right, and not stick to what's on my calendar, then I wouldn't get the results that I have today, right? And so oftentimes we can remove ourselves from the equation and how we feel versus just following and being in kind of like if you've ever done any landmark training, you've probably heard of this before, like being in integrity, meaning like if this is something that you committed to and you said this is what you want to do and you follow what's on your calendar, then it's easy to do the things you want to do. Yeah, and then another nice thing about the calendar too, and it becomes an important part, especially if you work in an organization and especially if you work in an organization where people can put stuff on your calendar so they can send you invites, they can see the holes in your calendar and do what do their best to fill it up with, which I'm sure anyone who's worked in corporate is very familiar with that. By using your, your system and your calendar, it can also be like a firewall to reserve this special time for you to focus on whatever your goal is that other people can't touch. So for example, let's say it was you felt like it would be important to you to do yoga and maybe around lunchtime is the best time that works for you. Well, what you could do is you could block yourself off a meeting half an hour after lunch or before lunch or whatever and have that blocked off on your calendar. And then you don't have to worry about people trying to book you in things. And you might have the intention to do yoga every day, but you'll find that people keep inviting you to stuff or meetings run long or all that sort of thing. If you have it blocked off on your calendar, that kind of reserves that time for you and makes it more likely that you're going to stick to it because you don't ha- you won't have the excuse of other responsibilities kind of digging into there. It's, it's on your calendar. So it can be really helpful as a defensive measure against coworkers and, and others as well. Yeah, I love the example of Stephen Covey that he always gives. And if you've been following productivity for a while, you probably heard of this is like, how do you get all these rocks inside a jar, right? How do you get the big rocks in there and then fill it up and all that good stuff? And the basic lesson is you put in the rocks first before you put in the sand, right? So that you can fill it in before you put in the petals, pebbles and all that stuff. And it's kind of like the same thing with your calendar. If you put all the important stuff that you want to do first, and then people want to make plans with you or they want to book you for something, they will have to work around what you already committed to, right? And if you do it the other way, where you allow other people to book stuff for you first, and then you try to schedule in and plan what you want to do, 
that becomes so much more difficult. That becomes so much more challenging, right? This is one of the reasons I love planning one quarter at a time ahead of time with, for example, my workouts, right? Or if, if travel is an important part of my year, I will book most of my travel early so that I know like this is something I'm already committed to. This is going to happen. Nothing can throw me off, right? Uh, if you need to talk to me on a certain date and time, well, guess what? You're going to have to work around my calendar to make sure that that happens, right? And it's the same thing for whatever you want to do, whether it's reading more books, working out, saving money, travel, like put that stuff on your calendar so that people have to work around that. And that way, when you schedule stuff on your calendar, you're literally making time for the work that you want to get done. And I think that's really important to consider, right? And we've always talked about how email can be like permission for other people to put stuff on your to-do list. Well, it's the same thing with the calendar, especially if you're in a corporate environment, like you mentioned, Brooks. Other people can just like put stuff on your calendar and then literally rob you of time and for you to accomplish your goals because they could do that, right? Whereas if you've already put it on your calendar, you're going to work out between two and three. Well, guess what? If they want to talk to you, it'll be have to be outside of two and three, right? So that you can focus on that particular thing. So again, put yourself first. And the big idea here, again, is to marry the system with your calendar. Yeah, the example I gave earlier is about wanting to go to more conferences and maybe certain conference. And one issue that's come up to me in, in previous years is there there may be certain events that I want to go to, but... I had already had like family vacations or other commitments already booked on those days. Well, a pro tip or a better approach would be if I know at the start of the year that there's certain things I want to go through throughout the year, put those on my calendar so that the other stuff like family vacations and stuff like that, it's not like as a family, we can't go on vacation. But however, if I already have it booked off for these conferences I want to go to, then I get the best of both worlds. I still am able to go to the conferences I want to go to, but I don't have to worry about family stuff conflicting with that because now the family schedule, we can go around those conferences versus because the family trips can be moved, but the conference dates obviously can't. So it's better to get the things that you want and that are not movable on the calendar first and then work the stuff around that. And we actually have a dojo course, again, uh, about using your calendar and the best ways and the most effective ways to use your calendar. So if you're somebody who, you know, you have a calendar, I mean, we all have calendars, but you don't proactively use it as a, as a productivity tool versus just something to click accept on meetings, recommend checking that out because your, your calendar can be a super powerful productivity tool if you actively use it versus passively accepting invites. Oh, that explains why I've been getting so many emails for you to go to all these different conferences. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Got it. Makes sense. So that is tip number five. Again, you want to marry the system and your calendar as much as possible, right? So if we look at back, look back at all the five tips that we give here today, it's review your last year, right? Use the T framework to kind of diagnose where your biggest opportunity is. Write down your number one goal. Focus on creating a plan of action, right? Meaning create your system and then puts that stuff on your calendar, right? So marry the system and the calendar as much as you can. So follow that five-step framework. It sounds really simple, and it is, but it just takes a little bit of thinking for you to put it down on paper and making sure that you actually do it, right? So again, we want to make it simple and actionable, and if you follow these five steps, 
we know that you're going to have an amazing 2020. And if you do run into any roadblocks, feel free to contact us because we're here to help you, right? We're in existence to serve people like you. We want to help you become more productive at work and in life. And whatever we can do to help you, let us know. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you, Brooks, for being on the show as well. And we'll see you next episode. At Asian Efficiency, we believe that you shouldn't have to sacrifice your personal life to get stuff done. You should be able to get everything done in the time you have. That's why we built a productivity quiz to help you maximize the time you have, increase your energy, and get you more focused. We've helped tens of thousands of people increase their productivity within two minutes of taking the productivity quiz. We'll show you exactly what you need to do next to increase your productivity. To take the quiz, just go to theproductivityshow.com slash quiz. Again, that URL is theproductivityshow.com slash quiz. Don't let your never ending to-do list drag you down and stop sacrificing your health and family to get stuff done. Take the quiz today you'll be on your way to becoming superhuman productive. You can also find links to everything that we discussed today in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com slash 280. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us an iTunes review or star in Overcast. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next Productive Monday.